Hey, buddy. What? Have you noticed that the way that they're drawing April O'Neil in The Last Ronin, it kind of looks like they want Linda Hamilton to play her one day, like on an on-screen adaptation of this thing. Oh, cool. I didn't notice that. Um, also, you know who would play The Last Ronin the best? No, what do you think? You. Me? Yeah, because you kind of look like a giant turtle. <sighs> Welcome to Geekology 101. My name is Diego. And my name is Joshua. And uh, you're not kicking me out today, man. No, yeah, I know. No, no, you're not. You're not kicking. Nope. S- sorry. That's, that's never happening again. No, I, I'm sorry. You, for... you caught me off guard last episode. Uh, uh, it's I'm be- not going to. It's not going to happen again. It's because you were supposed to play Dishonored. I refuse. But do it. I'm busy playing other things. Like what? The block I- game on my phone. Dude. I'm sorry. It's you're, entertaining. You're supposed to be playing the PS4. But it's entertaining. The little blocks. you got to match the colors. I'm sorry. I'm an old school guy, man. I'm a Tetris kind of guy. All right. Sure. Anyway, so today we're going to be talking about The Last Ronin issue number two. two. Uh, a few episodes back, we reviewed issue number one when it came out, I think, uh, when it came out in October. Yeah, it was like a that. while ago. Yeah, it's been a few months between issue number one and issue number two. Of course, the pandemic slowed everything down with comics distribution so mm-hmm. everything got affected and especially the smaller guys marvel and dc were able to kind of like get back on their feet pretty quickly yeah but guys like idw who is distributing and publishing the uh last ronin mm-hmm. they're you know they struggled a bit more yeah. but here we are with issue number two issue number three is supposed to come out some at some point in may i think they told us at the comic shop yeah so let's not talk spoilers yet Mm-hmm. We'll talk spoilers after the break. So if you haven't read issue number two yet, you're still safe to be around us. Don't leave yet. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how you felt overall. What What did you feel about issue number two compared to issue number one? Give me your thoughts, man. How do you feel? Well, it was definitely a lot less like action-packed. It was, right. And I liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, it had more, like, story. We got to actually find out what happened to... Mm-hmm. Um, our last Ronin character. Yes. And, like, why he is the last Ronin. Right. And um, I honestly thought it was um, better than the first one. It kind of felt like that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I felt like it was better, too, but at the same time, I feel like num- issue number two couldn't have been this good if issue number one hadn't been what it was. Yeah. Because like issue number one, and by this point, by the way, you hopefully you've read issue number one or you heard our first episode on uh, mm-hmm. the Ronin issue number one. So we're going to talk freely about that one. Uh, in issue number one, we see like it's so fast paced. Yeah, like like we see this last Ronin character in the swamps yeah. battling these ninja robots and then yeah. like trying to find this guy. Yeah, he's infiltrating New York City and getting up to that tower and like it's nonstop. He's just fighting, fighting, destroying, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And uh, the entire time you're sitting there wondering like what the heck is happening? How did he get here? Who is he? Mm-hmm. You like know? which turtle is he? Yeah, then you see like the, the ghosts of the other three turtles mm-hmm. uh, who start talking to him and then you start trying to figure out like it really is like the, the first issue is so fast paced that you're like trying to play catch up and then the reveal comes at the very end that he is Michelangelo. Yeah, I I totally I called it. You didn't call it. Oh, I did you? Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, I thought that it was Michelangelo. Yes, 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 that's right. You did. You did. Also, like, um, can we just say 
Donatello, you need to be way more secretive about the way you word things. <laughs> because, like, you were so easy. He's the nerd in the team. How could he possibly control that? Like, everything he says has to sound geeky, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was, yeah, Donatello and Leonardo were the first ones that, that I definitely identified. Yeah, Donatello it was for me. And then, like, I started figuring out... Um, how, like, Raphael was, like, being sarcastic and stuff. Right. So, when the episode, when the issue ends, it, you, you, that big reveal kind of leaves you with, like, the shock, right? Like, it leaves you with a lot mm-hmm. to think about. Like, how the heck did Mikey survive, you know, outlive the rest of the Turtles? What happened to them? And so now, after that fast-paced introduction, I ended up with that really cool reveal at the end. You're left with all the questions now again. Yeah. And that's where issue number two comes in and really starts answering those questions. It kind of picks up, like, right where it left off. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Basically, um, in the last uh, in the last issue, mm-hmm. spoilers, um, April. Yeah. Um, she went over and she, like, got him out because he, like, got, he, like, fell mm-hmm. a really long distance. And then, and then that's where we actually find out that it was actually, um... Mikey. Right. Yeah. So um, I thought that I thought that the issue number two was better because it gave us all this information. But again, I really don't think the first the, the first two issues are so different from each mm-hmm. other that it's almost hard to compare them. Yeah, we get some big reveals in the second issue. Yes. Oh, for sure. We do. Yeah. And we'll talk about that during spoilers. You know what issue number two reminded me of? What? There's uh, during the first season of Daredevil. There is like there's so much fighting that happens, right? Because their devil's like super quick and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He's kind of like a ninja, basically. Yeah. And there, there comes an episode. I think it's like episode number three or something like that, where he gets the junk beat out of him, mm. and he like falls from a big distance and stuff, and he's almost disabled. And that's when he meets uh, the the night nurse. I forget her her actual name, um, but uh, played by Rosario Dawson, the one who played oh. Sokotano. And so she takes him over to her apartment, takes him over to her apartment and starts patching him up because she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. And the entire episode happens basically with this dude laying down on a couch. Really? Yeah. And because of that, it's such a slowdown from the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. That you get to learn a ton of information like about him and about why he does what he does. And this issue kind of reminded me of that because, again, in issue number one, the last Ronan, Mikey, took a big beating. Mm-hmm. And he like he almost died. Yeah, he, he fell off of that huge building. Yeah. And, yeah, he got shell-shocked. Yeah. That, oh, wow, you managed to sneak that one in, huh? Yeah. Wow. 2016 Ninja Turtles would have been proud. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, it was really cool because Mikey's recovering still in, in issue number two. Yeah, and like we barely see any like put put All of it happens in flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah, which again, very cool. The flashbacks um, they give us a, a lot of information. I like the fact that it didn't prolong the mystery of how what happened in the past. Yeah, like because the. If, the right, first right. part mm-hmm. was like basically just flashbacks. Yeah, it was, and we even get to find out what's up with April. Like, how did she? How she got around to? At least we get hints of how she got to this point where she is and yeah. why she's there. Uh, we get to find out a little bit more about that that world, uh, mm-hmm. that New York City, which is definitely not like normal New York City. Um, it's uh, 
kind of like a futuristic, almost post-apocalyptic kind of New York City in a way. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, it's it's like the post-apocalyptic version. It's kind of like outside of the city. Yeah, that's right. And then like the dystopian part is kind of like inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, so you get to find out so much info. It's really cool. You get to see some artwork, too, that, that's kind of different. There's this part where Mikey's having, like, telling a story of where he's been this time, mm-hmm. which, honestly, I wasn't expecting for us to get answers about that so quickly. Yeah, and we actually see. Like, it, yeah. it was, like, a different, like, kind of coloring, <laughs> and I was like, Wait. It looked like a, like a sketch, like yeah. a kid would have done a sketch or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with uh, weird Just black coloring. and white. Wasn't oh, it, it just was, black and it white? Was black and white? I think so, yeah. Hmm. I thought it was basically like black and white. Yeah, and so like as Mikey's telling the story. So yeah, I think um so far, how do you feel now about this the whole series now that we got two issues? First of all, I think it's dope. Yep. And then on the other side, I also think it's dope. <laughs> but I think the second issue was definitely like um a lot more like chill. We yeah. see, um, we see a bunch more stuff uh, revealed about some characters. Yes, and about April, like we saw in the last episode. Yeah, or not, not episode. Last issue. Yeah, issue. See, you already feel like it should be a show. <laughs> yeah. That's how good it is, for real, mm-hmm. for real. Yeah, which brings me to to the point that uh, to me, this is still. I mean, issue number two nailed that point even even more home that um, this is the best Ninja Turtle content that I've had that I've come across in a long, long time. Mm. Better than the Hollywood movies that the last two that came out, better than the last couple of series that, that have come out in my opinion. Like this is this is different. This is fresh. You know, this really does evolve the story of the turtles. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I'm and really I'm really curious to see what doors it opens for, for storytelling because this is supposed to be only five issues. I really hope that I, I really wanted this to be canon. Well who says it isn't? Because this kind of takes place in the future. Oh, no, but the Turtles have dealt with the future before, haven't they? Mm-hmm. And this obviously has, hasn't been a part of that. I guess this is like an alternate thing, yeah. You're right. Alternate future. But I don't care, man. Honestly, <laughs> they could shift to, to this future and, like, stay there. Uh, well, no, because then you're going to miss the other Turtles, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to miss the other Turtles. Oh, man, it's so tough. It's such a good story. But we had to sacrifice three of the Ninja Turtles to, to get here. No! Yeah, it's pretty tough. Anyway, I think uh, that's about as far as we can go without spoilers. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, have a spoiler discussion about the Ronin issue number two. Mm-hmm. We'll be back. What's up, everyone? It's Joshua, one half of Geekology 101. I love random facts. I love learning them, and I love sharing them. And now I'm ready to fill your head with all the random facts you never knew you needed. Each episode covers one topic, and I bring you several facts about that topic. Testing, testing, is this thing on? Oh yeah, remember Geeko, that murderous death bot that hates bald people? Well, I'm going to bring him onto my podcast. You cannot hold me against my will. I shall escape. Get ready for random facts, my adorable voice, and the murderous death bot that hates bald people. It's everything you could ever want in a podcast. 101 Facts with Joshua. And Geeko. Available wherever you get your podcast. 
and we're back from the break. Yep. And we are ready to talk more about the last Ronin spoilers. Yes. So let's get into that spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! Buddy, where do we begin our spoiler discussion? So I actually want to do an opinion. Okay. I think we should talk about our opinion on the spirits of the turtles. Ooh, okay. Okay, so... So you're still on that whole spirit kick, huh? You think they're actually, they're spirits? Yes, I think they are <laughs> the turtles' actual spirits. Okay, why, why? What, what's your evidence for that? Because, like, I feel like we should be really getting into the kind of... Like, I always wanted to see the kind of, like, mystical side yeah. of the TNA, of the TMNT. Yeah. And I feel like they could do this with this last Ronin series. They could. They could. I mean, they've already taken other risks. Why not that? Yeah, I, I feel like um, that's at least what I want to be because I don't want them to just be, like, dead and that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll, I'll say this, though. I'm glad that we know for sure now that this is not a situation where they're, like, trapped in some kind of spirit realm or something yeah. like that. Because this thing drops us uh, very quickly into the episode. It drops us right into... And the episode, the issue, by the way, is called The First to Fall. Mm-hmm. Which already preps you. Like, it already tells you, like, oh, my God, we're going to see the first death here. Yeah, I think we we saw who it was. Yeah, for sure. And, and we see that it's it's Raph, right? So. Wait. I thought it was um, Splinter. Oh. He died first before Raph. Did he? Yeah. We're not sure that Splinter died. Well, we know that he's dead. Well, yeah, we know that he's dead by the time in the present time. Yeah. But, but do we know that he died in that in that scene at that moment? Because Raph, when... Raph thought he died. He, he went and he confronted. All right, so hold on. Let's explain first the scenario. Mm-hmm. Casey Jones and April O'Neil in, in this flashback, they had invited the turtles and Splinter over for a nice dinner. And they yeah. had like a turkey or something. I don't know if it was Thanksgiving. I don't know what it was. But they had a big announcement. They showed the ring and she talked about him popping the question. So clearly they were going to announce that they were going to get married. I have the suspicion that they were also going to talk about that they were pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like announce that they were pregnant. Because, of course, we meet their daughter later on. Yeah. Uh, but... Instead of arriving, they were late, and instead of arriving there ready to celebrate or to chat and to hang out, Raph breaks through the door, and mm-hmm. he's bleeding all over the yeah. place. Like, beat up. And he was just screaming, like, ambush, ambush. And they were like, well, what happened? What's going on? And he explains that the truce between the Turtles and the Foot Clan was broken. Apparently, they had reached a truce. Yeah. And they attacked them, and they hurt Splinter. Yeah. So in come Mikey and Donnie holding up Splinter, and they basically like like destroy the whole meal that uh, Casey and April <laughs> they have prepared. They like push away the turkey. Yeah. Like go away, uh, raspberry jam, <laughs> and then they basically just put him on the um like sofa. Yeah, and not then... on the sofa. It was on the table. Oh. On the dining <laughs> for table for dinner. Yeah, that's why they had to throw the dinner all on the floor, which is crazy because uh, right before that Casey was telling April like. 
I never felt like I could have a life, a normal life, because the streets would always call to me and the violence would always call to me or whatever. Yeah. And then violence comes crashing through the door, literally. Like, yeah, and prevents them from being able to have like a normal life moment, you know, yep. with, with their friends. So uh, Splinter's there, like, you know, looking like he's about to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're crying and stuff, and they're freaking out. And, and then Raph. Um, we don't see. Oh, yeah, Leo. We see Leo. No, no, we don't see him right away. Oh, well, we see, we but who we don't see, who we don't see through that entire sequence mm-hmm. is uh, Michelangelo. Yeah, we do. He's the one that came in with Donnie, bringing him, bringing Splinter. That was Raph. No, Raph came in first by himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then came, then the, the two of them came in holding Splinter. Yeah, yeah, we see Mikey for sure. Oh. Yeah, he was there like crying and stuff. So, Raph ends up leaving the apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, he pulls a Batman on them and just disappears on him. Yeah. And he goes and start and, and tracks down the Foot Clan. Mm-hmm. And, and he, <laughs> quite literally, <laughs> takes on the Foot Clan by himself. He, he, he quite literally, as you said, like, he honestly fatalities every <laughs> single one of them. Oh, yeah, man. Like, he, he literally, like, no rules, like, I don't yep. care. And he just, like, size them all in the face. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he'll kill all he wants. Yeah. He doesn't care. And you know one of the things that I love about this series is that it kind of goes back to the roots of the first Ninja Turtle comics. Mm-hmm. In the sense that they don't hold back with the with the violence. Mm-hmm. I wonder... Because these are ninjas, right? Like, mm-hmm. ninjas are assassins. And th- these are, you know, uh, rival clans, and they fight to the death and all this stuff. And in the cartoons, they always manage to avoid that violence somehow. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're always killing robots or something. But in, in this, we really go back to that original style but of, like, no-holds-barred, I, bloody... I, w- I wonder if that was, like, I wonder if that's how they always do in this universe, or if it was because, um, like, they beat the crap out of Splinter. I would, I, 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 I would venture to say that in this universe, it is it's no holds barred. Because remember, really? this is yeah, this is being created by Eastman and Laird. Like these guys are the originators of TMNT, and their original vision was no holds barred. I know, but I feel like he would have done that because like they basically killed Splinter. Well, I mean, yes, like clearly he wasn't holding back at all. Like this is. This was a really crazy scene because it was basically like the raft that we know mm-hmm. is like always brewing under the surface. Yeah. But the rest of the turtles always manage to rein him in and he always ends up controlling his anger. Mm-hmm. But in this case, he let it completely loose. Mm-hmm. And like, he just starts slashing up Foot Clan members left and right, taking everybody out. Karai, who is apparently the one who's leading the Foot Clan at that point, mm-hmm. she even sends those four dudes with the Raiden-style hats. Yeah. What are they called? Do you remember? The, um, like, elite... Gu- elite elite guards clan? or something? Yeah, yeah something, something like that. that. The four dudes who were, like, shredders, like, main guards or whatever mm-hmm. in the, what is it, the 2013 series? Yeah. Yeah. And he, she sends those guys. They can't even hold, hold them down. Mm-hmm. And then she has to jump in. And the entire time, Raph is saying, like, this is it. I'm done playing games. This ends tonight. Yeah, Raph basically just, like... He brutalities yeah. the guys that from the 2003 series. <laughs> yeah. And I think that Raph went in there knowing that he, was, he wasn't going to come out alive. Yeah. I don't think he expected to come out of there alive. And, like, that's, that's like, 
that's a, like an honorable thing. It is, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's in the same spirit of like the kamikaze warriors, you know, from Japan. Who the would, people who like, the who were like, who when they were out of bombs, they like drive their right. planes. Yeah, like they, they knew that they were going over there and it was a one-way trip, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it was that it's that same kind of drive. Like I'm here for the I'm here for revenge. I'm here for the mission, whatever. And I know that that is greater than me, even greater than my life. Mm-hmm. So he went in there definitely knowing that there was no way out. He was going to fight to the finish, and he did. And he fought Karai. Um, this was a, a really like powerful scene when they like land in the water and they're still fighting in the water, and then he stabs her with the side completely through the back. Yeah, which I'm, I'm guessing paralyzes her. Probably. Because um, we see her body in some kind of uh, cr- style, uh, yeah, what is it, a stasis? cryostasis chamber yeah. or something. In the, in the first in issue. In the first issue, right. So I'm, I'm guessing that she's been in a coma since then, Yeah, and maybe? She, because, like, he probably... Um, that's probably why this new leader of the foot, yeah. like, hates mutants so much. Right. Because he, like, yep. paraly- Raph paralyzed her, um, cry. Yeah. And then, of course, she also gets a death blow on Raph. She mm-hmm. gets this, uh, this hand dagger thing and yeah. stabs Raph underneath the jaw. At, at first, I thought that she was just, like, she just punched Punching. him under the jaw. Right. But now that I realize it. It, yeah. She just buried that, that dagger in his head. Yeah, poor yeah, guy. I know. And so then Raph starts to sink, and he slowly lets go of the sigh, and then you see, like, the sigh floating in the water with, like, blood around it and mm-hmm. stuff. And then she is passed out. I thought she was dead, but then I remembered, wait, no, she's still in that cry- in the stasis thing Dang in it. the first issue. And then you see a couple of arms, like, pulling her up. I'm guessing the Foot Clan. You should finish the job, Raph. Well, disappointed in you. You know what's really cool in the conversation that Mikey's having with uh, with Raph with the ghost. Turtles, yeah, with the with the um, other turtles. I think the best thing to call him is ghost, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. the The conversation that he's having with the three ghosts, he when he's making tea, you you notice how they all like turn on Raph. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know they like acknowledge like now that everything's over, now that the three of them are dead. They're all kind of like tired of his crap, you know, mm-hmm. and they 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 can't stand anymore his uh, brash actions, like always going off on a limb and you know going uh, what is the word I'm looking for going rogue, yeah, you know, and they kind of like come down on him hard for that. That's literally what happens in like almost like every single season. Like it happens yeah. like 14 times in every single season <laughs> yeah. of the uh, 2012 series. Literally, Raph just like goes after um, Shredder. Yep. And then Shredder just like beats him up. That's what happens with every member. Yeah. And then yeah. like the other members find them and then they have to heal up. That was basically the premise of season three. In the, at the end of season two. In the 2012 series? Yeah, at the end of season two. Shredder, I mean, 20... Yeah, yeah, 2012. Right? Yeah, Shredder basically, like, cripples Leo. Yikes. And then he has to, like, recover for most of the third season. Mm. Yeah, and, but but what's really cool about that moment is that, like, it it's no longer something to laugh off. Mm-hmm. Because they have died. Yeah. And Splinter has died. Mm-hmm. And for all, for as far as we know, Casey Jones has died. Like, mm-hmm. people have already paid with their lives, so it's not funny anymore, you know, or not excusable anymore that Raph would go rogue like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we're still left with the mystery of how it is that Leo and Donnie died. Mm-hmm. But it seems, based on some conversation that happened, it seems like it may have happened during whatever explosion it is that blew 
April's arm and leg off. By the way, April has no arm and leg. Yeah, she has a robotical yeah. arm and legs. And also, we know that, um, we know that, um, uh, the, the Michelangelo, mm-hmm. he was on top of, he, he, like, fell, like, really far. Yeah. And that's what happened to him. I think that, no, I think he was referring to the fall from the tower in issue number one. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, man. I thought he was referring to... I know what you're talking about because I thought the same thing, too. I'm like, oh, that's why he didn't, you know, like, blow up with them or whatever or die with them because he was out up watching somewhere. But no, when he mentioned that, he was talking to Raph, the ghost. Mm-hmm. And Raph was telling him, like, you know, you didn't complete your mission, whatever. He was like, you know that I went there with, like, no intention of coming out. I went, that was a death mission. You know, I went there with with uh, uh, just revenge on my mind, blah, 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 blah. And he lashed out against Raph. You know, he was like, yeah, don't he, judge me for doing the same thing that you always do, yeah. you know, sort of thing. Um, then during the whole conversation, we also learned a little bit more about this whole world. So apparently New York has three levels. Mm-hmm. Top level, middle level, bottom level. And the bottom, they call it rock bottom, because that's like, where like all the crime happens. That's like the low part and of that's the That's also that's also where April and um, Casey Jones, which yeah. is yeah, Casey Jones. <laughs> it's actually her and um, Casey Jones' daughter. Yeah. So we get introduced to her, and we we saw her in issue number one, but she had like paint all over her face and stuff. She was dressed kind of like a punk rocker yeah, sort of and, character. Yeah, and I think she was like trying to spy. And I think so too. Yeah. It seems like she, uh, so clearly what's happening, and they explain it, is that they are even below rock bottom. They're, they're underground. They're they the said. rebellion. Yeah, they and had. they live in the old Ninja Turtles lair. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And basically, um, basically, April, when they're making breakfast, yeah. April's like, Casey, come on, breakfast yeah. is ready. And then Mikey's, uh, like, Mikey's what? like, Casey's alive? He's like, what? Casey's alive? <laughs> and then she, and then Casey Jones comes over. Yeah, and then and she's like, no, no, Casey Marie Jones. Yeah, this is my daughter, <laughs> Casey Marie yeah. Jones. And this part was really cool to me, but like the fact that this girl, even growing up in this whole world, you saw how much respect she had for the Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. and for Splinter. And for how they lived and how they fought and their their ideals, um, yeah. she grabbed all the stuff that he was wearing. Because remember, he was wearing like he had the broken katana from Leo. Mm-hmm. He had the bow staff from um, from yeah. From Nani, he had the size. The he, size, had, he had uh, the four bandanas. Stars. Yeah, he had both. It would be pretty cool if like in the last issue of this, it mm-hmm. was just like an all out battle. Yeah. If he if he puts the bandanas around. Um, if he puts, like, because for most people, yeah. the right side is your dominant side. Okay. So, I feel like he should put Leo, since he was the leader, mm-hmm. his um, blue headband, like, around his right wrist. Oh, that's cool. Put rafts around his um, left wrist. Yeah. And then put his, um, the orange one, mm-hmm. around his um, left um uh, the like ankle. Elbow? Oh, ankle. Okay. And then put um, Donnie's around his right uh, ankle. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. And then wear the black one. <laughs> I like that. That would be a pretty cool moment. Oh man. Um, but yeah, it was really, it was really sweet. She actually grabbed his journal and started reading his journal, mm-hmm. which he apparently writes in Japanese. Yeah. You know, it never occurred to me that the Ninja Turtles knew Japanese. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense because Hamato Yoshi, you mm-hmm. know, was Japanese. Mm, yeah. But it never occurred to me that he would have taught them Japanese and that they would be able to write it to the point where that's how he wrote in his journal. Yeah. And 
he then started, she started asking him a ton of questions about where he's been this whole time. Yeah. And, and then he, basically he, like, says, like, once upon a time. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we go into this, like, hand-drawn black and white type of uh, artwork. Mm-hmm. And he's re- he's basically, in a nutshell, he tells her that after Splinter and the other turtles died, he went off into hiding. Mm-hmm. He went off to die, actually, at first. Yeah. Like, he was just ready to die. He didn't, he didn't feel like he had anything to live for. But then he started getting picked on by some dudes out in the wilderness. Yeah, like some, I don't, I don't know. But. <laughs> yeah. And then when he was getting picked on at first, he was going to like get revenge and like kill them or whatever. <laughs> but then he pa- he stopped himself and he was like, no, this is, you know, we're about more than this. Like I was taught better than this. Yeah. And that's kind of what brought him back out of that. And then he decided that he was going to go and avenge the honor of his brothers and, and father. Mm-hmm. And that's when he started training again. And that's when he kind of like donned the whole persona of the of the last Ronin. Yeah. And that's when he went off and started infiltrating New York City. And he, and he even says, and then I went off and became the last Ronin. Does he say Ronin? Yeah, he says the last Ronin. Because I know that he says I, I was the last of my clan. I thought he said, well, I know that, like, I know for a fact yeah. that at some point in the second issue, mm-hmm. he said the last Ronin. I got I to gotta check that out again. It's, it's Yeah, it's totally possible for sure. But I definitely remember him saying he was the last of the clan. I remember that, like, touching me a lot because I was like, oh, man, that's, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. You know, Mikey, the happiest one. I love the fact that when Casey Marie... Uh, meets him the first time. She tells him, she's like, I know who you are. You know, you're Michelangelo. You're supposed to be the funny one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's like, not funny at all <laughs> yeah. at this point. Um, yeah, it's it's so great, man. I really, I really love this issue. Again, it's like a slowdown from the fast pace of the first one. It was, it gave us so much backstory. We're now starting to understand how things went down. The thing that I don't know yet is how much time has passed by. Yeah. Because this Clearly, based on the based on the uh, on on the flashbacks, yeah, they were still young back then. Mm-hmm. In like those they flashbacks. were still even in the um, black and white hand drawn thing. Yeah. Um, he, he was still young. young, right? And clearly, this Michelangelo as the last Ronin is not young. He is like middle aged. Yeah, you could see wrinkles and stuff, like heavy wrinkles uh, around his. I'm eyes. guessing like late forties or like early. Yeah, 50s. easily. Yeah, something like that. Very easily, something like that. And uh, another interesting thing is that he says that his, the reason why he was able to survive that fall is because his mutation has continued evolving. Yeah, and he's like getting faster and stronger. Yeah, which well, is really it, it, interesting. It, it was actually April that said that she noticed that his mutation was getting um, ah. uh, stronger. Okay, okay. So with all of that indicates to me that a lot of like a lot of years passed between whenever they died, and what we're seeing now. Yeah. So I feel like they're able to give us a lot of that info because there's a lot more that we're going to learn mm-hmm. that he went through. And I'm, I'm really curious about that entire time period. But, um, yeah, I was wondering, Casey Marie Jones, I wonder if Mikey's going to end up having the opportunity to teach her. Hmm. Because, because she said that she actually was, like, studying a bit about, like, the martial arts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she taught herself. Mm-hmm. She taught herself uh, martial arts and... Even Japanese, a mm-hmm. little bit. I saw she was able to read some of his uh, journal. I wonder, because in the first issue, it became very clear to me that Michelangelo was fulfilling the roles that his other brothers had. Mm-hmm. He had the toughness of Raphael. He had the strategic thinking of Leonardo. Mm-hmm. He had even 
the scientific or, or like chemical know-how of, mm-hmm. of, of Donatello with whatever thing it is that he chemical it is that he but was dealing with in that tower. W- notice he doesn't have mm-hmm. the characteristics of himself. Right? Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. Like, I think maybe he doesn't want to have the characteristics uh-huh. of himself because, like, that's what got him into to this point. That could be. Another thing that could be is that he feels like he doesn't deserve to be himself. Yeah. Like, he almost feels a burden to keep his brothers alive in himself. Yeah. Instead of being able to just be who he always was. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... That's probably where the story is going to, like, go towards in the end. Yeah. You know? I feel like there's a healing that has to happen for Michelangelo. He has to almost, like, forgive himself. And we still don't know how it is that he actually survived. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. So, for all we know, the way that he survived is going to end up, like, giving him a lot of guilt, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, but, yeah, that's a really interesting point, man. He doesn't he doesn't have a lot of characteristics of himself. That's very, very interesting. Um, so I wonder if part of his story arc is going to be not only honoring the traits of his brothers, but also honoring the traits of Splinter mm-hmm. by teaching this girl. Yeah. Curious about that. Um, there's one thing that I was really confused by. What the heck did April take out of that safe, man? Okay. Do you remember what I said? I know you tried to explain it to me, but I wasn't paying attention because I was doing stuff. Okay. If you've watched the entire um, to 2012 series. Yeah. Then you would know that what she took out of that safe mm-hmm. is actually the head of a robot called Synthesoid, I think. The head? Yes. Oh. Like, it was that shape. So it was like some kind of helmet or mask or something. No, it was actually the head of that robot. And that robot, long story short, he knew about the Krang. Okay. And he actually, um, he has, like, time travel technology. And hmm. in season in season um, four, mm-hmm. um, he tried to. Splinter actually died because Shredder betrayed him. Okay. And they made an alliance and stuff. And then he um, he saved the turtles. Okay. And he like picked them up, and that's how the whole space thing went on, hmm. because there was these, like dinosaurs, alien race, and stuff that tried to take over the Earth, and they did. Right. They right. destroyed the, their the, Earth. The Triceratops dudes. Yeah. Hmm. And and their whole mission with that robot guy was basically to um, go back in time and save the Earth and save Splinter. Oh, snap. Do you think that this is going to involve time travel? Oh. I never realized that. I mean, the last thing that would have occurred to me until, until you just explained this, like, if, if, this, if that dude had capabilities. Because think about it. Why would April be keeping that in a safe? Like she, She's clearly trying to keep it. You know, quote unquote, you know, or for lack of a better word, safe. Yeah. So is it because it's something that has as much value as like, uh oh, you know, you, maybe we can turn back time or something. Could could it be that they're going to try to like reverse the reality that they're in, the future that but they're in? What, like, how, how would she have gotten, uh, how would she have gotten this thing? That's a great question. This head of this time-traveling space robot whose doctor's brain is in the head of this robot. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, man. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I I know nothing except what you just told me about this about this character. So that's really interesting. And that's the last thing that we saw mm-hmm. in, in the shot. 
in the issue. Like it was her taking that out of the, out of her hand, out of the um, the safe, yeah. and then holding it in her hands, walking back. I think to meet to see Mikey. Yeah. Uh, and she kind of had a smile on her face. Hmm. So I'm wondering now that you're saying all this, it but could it be that this, this if 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 it hasn't if it will involve time travel, mm-hmm. then um, what I'm thinking is why hasn't she used it before? That's a good question. Yeah, maybe Mikey is gonna know how to unlock it or activate it or something. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe very interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe what? Um. Maybe like um. Maybe that was actually, like, a character that they met or something. It could have been, because it really does seem like this uh, this comic book is honoring different yeah. parts of their of the different stories that have been told of, of TMNT, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. So, like, presumably, maybe, you know, they would have already fought in outer space, and they would have already time-traveled, and they would have already done a bunch of stuff. Who knows? Maybe they could have already met this guy, and they could have already met this. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in the uh, in the 2012 series, yeah. Raph actually falls in love with this salamander lady, this really? salamander alien person. Okay. That he names Mona Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I love I love this comic series. I thought that it was four issues, but I read I read the other day that it was actually five issues, mm. which I'm really happy about. The next issue, by the way, is it's called Fight or Flight, and the, the issue ended with this frame, this whole p- full page, that showed kind of like a bunch of rubble, mm-hmm. like buildings collapsed or something. Oh, maybe the the result of the explosion, mm, you know, the thing that they talked about, and then it it seemed to have uh, Leonardo's katana. Yeah. With Casey Jones' mask, a traditional mm-hmm. mask hanging from it. It's very similar to the little monuments that soldiers would do where With they like, would put the rifle on the ground mm-hmm. and put the fallen soldier's helmet on top. Yeah. So I wonder, well, I'm pretty sure they're going to tell us, complete that whole story of how it is that the other two turtles died. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing Casey Jones is dead, right? We have no reason to believe he's still alive. Yeah. Um, and then most importantly, we're going to find out about the resistance. Yeah. Because Casey Marie Jones tells Mikey that those who live underground underneath rock bottom, they're the resistance. Yeah. And she was about to give him more info, but then April said, no, just talk to him later after he's had some more rest. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm guessing that issue number three, we're going to get some info about the resistance and hopefully more information about this, uh, villain dude. Yeah. And, um... Since since the since the um title of the of the um second um issue yeah like uh, like actually tied into what was happening mm-hmm. then I wonder how the words fight or flight could maybe because of like um one mm-hmm. of them they had one of the turtles they had the decision to like fight or like Ooh, run away maybe it was Mikey and they chose to fight. Yikes. No, what if he chose to flee? Oh. And that's how he survived, and that's the guilt that he carries. Hmm. Oh, man. That would be dark. Yeah. (laughs) But look, man, that's one of the cool things about this series is the fact that it embraces the darkness of what these guys do. It's not. It, this is not your Nickelodeon cartoon, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like this. This is not weird looking, uh, uh, Super Shredder, yeah. Mega Shredder, whatever the heck this guy's name yeah. is. Yeah, 
No, this is definitely uh, back to back to form when it comes to how Eastman and Laird envisioned this whole uh, world to look. And back to the OG dude. Yeah, and I'm glad, man. I'm glad because I'm really, really enjoying this, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing where it goes. Eastman and Laird are also one of the geek gods. They definitely are, but they're not dead yet, so they're not up there in the geek heaven. They're the geek. They haven't joined the Pantheon yet. Yeah. Yeah. But they're in the line. No, that's so dark. Wait, no, not to die. No, not to die. Not to die. On that horrible note, we're (laughs) going to go ahead and end this episode. Thank you guys for listening. We hope that you're enjoying The Last Ronin as much as we are. We will be back here to review issue number three when it comes out. Hopefully in May. I hope that it doesn't get delayed past that. Uh, But we will definitely be talking about it. You can find us at Geekology101.com. You can also write us at G101podcast at gmail.com. Hit subscribe or hit follow. Make sure that you tune in to the next episode. We will catch you guys then. Shock shock. Cowabunga. The human has been neutralized. Game over. Imagine noise. 